On this episode of Content Sessions, we talked to Laura Tucker, leadership coach and podcast host of Free Your Inner Guru. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Mike. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about Freeing My Inner Guru. Okay, well, that's a name and a brand that I created just over two years ago. I was getting ready to launch my podcast and I wanted to have something that people who would resonate with me and my work as a leadership coach but it's all about accessing your wisdom from the inside out your values your how the the dent you want to make in the world and and then taking that out into the world once your inner compass is set awesome and so uh how long have you been operating this as a business for five years so the podcast is the newest addition to the the offering Got or it. what I'm doing, and uh, and so the story behind that is I used to be a a lot of things from a teacher. I was in business, have owned um, different businesses, and then I was a consultant in the automotive industry for a number of years out in British Columbia. And so my husband and I moved back to Toronto in 2014, and I wanted to transition into um, not being a specialist in a single industry right. and working with um, with you know any any business owner any business leader but it became more just like with the brand more about values and what type of business are they running and what type of leader do they want to be got it and so i'm kind of picking up similar to marketing it's funny with everyone thinks it's different from business to business it's not it's the same thing it's just the different voice the different medium the different words but is that the same way you feel i guess about leadership it, it is because it doesn't matter what you're leading, whether it's you're a principal in a school or a, a car dealer or a senior manager in the automotive industry or a corporate leader or even a leader of an, your own solo business. Yeah. The key principles are the same. Just like in marketing and business development or retention, the key business activities are the same. Yeah. It's more about it's more about scale when it comes down to it. And is it one person that needs to lead themselves, or is it uh, a person or a group of people that needs to lead a team? Understood. So if we take kind of a, a, a step back in terms of the experience that that led you here, um, you said that you would own some businesses and you were in the automotive industry. Where um, what would you say the biggest the role that you had before that had the biggest impact towards here did you were you in one thing for a really long time or a bunch of things for shorter times or um well it's been a journey with a number of stages um starting with and believe it or not i use it all the time i used to be a school teacher oh yeah 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 so i taught primary junior and then um high school here in ontario and this is going to date me a little bit but it was back in the ray days i was a new teacher and the, uh, the, the climate for teachers right now is very similar to the way I have so much empathy for any of the teachers in the yeah. position that they're in, where their jobs may be at risk, where their classroom sizes are, are going to go up. And you know, they became, I, we, I became a commodity in that system and it didn't sit well with me. Sure. It caused me quite a lot of distress, you know, psychologically, emotionally, because I was very passionate and I couldn't get over um, it not being a, a merit-based system. Sure. Right. Yeah. So from there, I it, it took a lot and I guess it was courage, but I certainly didn't think of it that time. But I left for um, a, a career in the in, in the corporate sector, first as a trainer, then in sales. And and really, after that, I started my own business and I've used skills and experience and they're all transferable. Yep. Um, mm. 
And that's when my automotive consulting um, became a thing. So, and that was me going back to some of my best clients when I was selling to them to say, hey, do you think with my skills set as a teacher and trainer and what I know about this massive system that I was selling them, do you think that there is a need for what I can bring? And fortunately, the very first person that I spoke to said, um, I really don't care what other leaders think. Right. You're starting next week. I want you to go home and write up a contract, figure out how I'm going to pay you. And we're going to come in here and build that client retention system that okay. we've been talking about for the last three years. Awesome. Because we're just not doing it on our own. Got it. And so that was it. It was very much, I guess it's a bootstrapping of, of a kind because then I was like, oh, I got to figure this out and do it. <laughs> yeah, I've done that to my team a couple of times where we've been asked, oh, do you do training for this? And I'm like, of course we do. I go home like, hey, we got three weeks to come up with a program about this. And you, it's funny because you know the material. It's just like, how do you articulate it in the right order with the right cadence per se, right? Oh, and that's where the communicating and the teaching and being able to really enroll and enlist people and engage them in a process without yeah. them being, they might feel threat. Like as a consultant, I always, oftentimes the people who I was working with had been, I'd been brought in by the business owner and they were quite threatened by me. Yeah. And so after earning the, their trust and then having them see like, I don't want your job. Yeah. I'm here to help you. Um, be better in your in your job and that's how even the coaching started organically got it yeah that makes sense and were you before teaching so it seems like it seems like how, and how long was the teaching all told six or seven years yeah and w were you in anything entrepreneurial before that because it seems like a weird and I have a weird kind of chunk like that too where I was very entrepreneurial had a lot of little businesses a lot of different things you know worked commission-based because which is the closest thing when you work for a company and then worked for six years in like a completely weird stale industry did you were you doing entrepreneurial things before that no I, no. I can't really say I'm trying to think back I mean I had had a paper route right. I, I what I was doing was coaching things yeah so it's funny how that all evolved later in my career but when I was a teenager, you know, I had all the odd jobs that, you know, a teenager in the, in the 80s would have and, you know, did a lot of bartending when I went through university. So I was real. I was always, always had good initiative, but never really, I wasn't one of those lemonade stand kids right, right, right. or anything like that. Yeah. And it was more around having to organize things and then right. get other people uh, to, to, Go and realize their best result got it and now do you find you've been kind of in both do you would are you the kind of person where you've tasted it now and you're like i couldn't go back to reporting to somebody i just couldn't do it or ah oh, such a good question it would have to be the right person right for the right reason got it it would have to be so big and and meaningful yeah um but what I'm focused on now is creating the big and meaningful within the free or inner guru world Absolutely. and seeing where that goes. Yeah, I'm always interested with that question where it's like you've kind of t tasted both for me because I hate being told what to do so much. I, I couldn't see it. Even if I keep, like, even if the business never really grew and it kind of just maintained itself, I'd be like, no, I'll stick with that. I don't, I have such, such a trouble with my opinion. I always think that I'm right which is a blessing and a curse in a yeah. lot of ways. I'm sure you've experienced that. But um, yeah, I was just find that question interesting. And so now kind of circling back to where you're at now. Mm -hmm. So who are the types of people that you work with in, in the Free Your Inner Guru? So 
a large section of my target market are people who own their own business. And, um, and I really, this, was, this is the idealist in me. But when I, when I came back to Toronto, um, you, know, you can imagine coming here. And I lived here for the, for the bulk of my early life. And I just lived in BC for nine years. Mm. But my entire network was, was in the West, right. still is. And, uh, and, but coming back, I, I really wanted to use what I had accumulated over the years in service of people that, who I felt needed it the most who wouldn't necessarily have access to um, you know, a high-paid consultant. Right. And the coaching model works, works well in that regard. Got it. Um, very much the way when I got hired on by, um, for my consulting career, the, the, especially when I lived in Kelowna and the Okanagan Valley, there wasn't necessarily businesses there that were large enough to support me full-time. Yep but they were more than willing to engage me for one or two days a week. Sure, yeah. Provided that we could get the traction and the results over time. Got it. And so it's kind of small to mid-sized business owner is your sweet spot? Yes. Got it. Yeah. And from that, are you finding that there's kind of a, a, it doesn't sound like you are positioning yourself in a niche. It's more just small business. But do you find that the clients that come to you have a, are in a niche or a certain type of business? I, I, I sometimes find, like I know from people that we have contact with it's like referrals from existing and then so it's always the same type of business mm -hmm. a lot of times for us do you find it's kind of a weird like a wide range of people or it's a, it's a it's a wide range of businesses yeah but um it's more about sort of the psychographics uh, than the the demographics of the business okay so you know the sort of the beliefs so i um it took me a very long time to be, you know, sort of out of the spiritual closet, but I do use spiritual principles in my coaching. Okay. Um, that being said, I've just recently, I, I ran a, a workshop and there were a number of people in it who, who know me well and, uh, and they came out of it saying, well, that was way less woo and way mm. more practical sure. than I expected. I was right. like, of course it was <laughs> because <laughs> that's what we need to do with you know, the spirit, the spiritual, it needs right. it, but it's more about the values and sure. behind it. And how do you mean spiritual? I mean, spiritual in the sense of wanting to be fully expressed and in alignment with a sense of well-being and dare I use the word purpose. Okay. You know, purpose is a yeah. big word and, and I don't think people have to have it nailed right down but you know this idea of having an inner compass around you know when we are really in alignment with who we are and and what we're here to do it feels good yeah it, it doesn't mean it's any less uncomfortable to do some of the things like you know especially visibility in the business right um but going through i i take everybody through a process to define yes what their values are but really what their sense of what they're here to do and then how and look back and see how they've applied that across their life so mm. it would be it if we, we looked at me as an example it's it's about you know making a difference and raising self-awareness yeah, and the so business is the modality the my, that's the yeah. word that popped into my mind was self-awareness yeah and you can use a business to do that sure Absolutely. Learn all, learn all kinds of stuff all day, every day about yeah. every component, even if you don't want to. Yep. Yeah, we've got. Yeah, it's fun, though. It's uh, 
for me, business is, is my expressive, my expression of creativity. It's why I do this. Cause I just have a mind for something in particular marketing and content and strategy and stuff. So this, that's kind of like, yeah, this is my creative process. I can't draw, I can't paint, I sure as hell can't sing. And so like, yeah, this is my kind of medium for it. And so did you develop the program? Like, so t t tell me a little bit about the development of the program. So it's, um, there's kind of a self-awareness piece mm -hmm. and then there's what's next. So what I, what I did last year, um, I sat down and I realized that I was coaching a lot. Of my, my practice was primarily private clients, a lot of one-to-one -one time. And, and that's great. It's, it's like the big rock of the business. Yeah. And, um, and I realized that I was taking everybody through the same process to get to a point where we could engage in what I actually call coaching. Got it. And, uh, and so I looked at that and I was like, oh, this is what I'm doing. I'm using an accumulation of all the tools and, and insight that I've accumulated especially over say the course of the last decade when it comes to the the inner alignment piece got it and uh, and so i looked at that and said okay if i'm doing it over and over with people one-to-one -one, um, that suggests to me that it is scalable in some way mm -hmm. so i created uh, a leadership workshop and it's currently it, it's a one-day format um, there's really more than one day's worth of content in mm -hmm. it um, but we spend a good part of that day going through, um, well, what Simon Sinek calls your why. Yep. And, you know, I, I draw on some of his work and I draw on some of the things that work for me, especially since a lot of people, when it comes down to being fully self-expressed, we run into all kinds of um, resistance around it. It's, it's a vulnerable thing to do. It means actually allowing yourself to be fully seen right. in the context of your life and business. And, and so, we go from there and, and I use a strategy framework that is very simple, but it, it works in business. It works just in results in general. And, and then when we get down to the brass tacks, um, if we're working in the business, which a lot of the times we are, right. I go back to some of the, I go way back for the, the, the retention, the getting the, the basics of the business in there mm -hmm. on a repeatable ongoing basis. Okay. And how have you found the, openness of people when it's in a group when you're trying to do that type of thing in a group setting versus one-on-one -on -one. it feels like I, I know from the way that we do training we do it with this one company at a time we're working on something where it's like more companies all together my mind i'm thinking well if you've got you know then they're expressing ideas and concerns and troubles that they're having as a group and maybe there's more that they pick up but how do you how do you find getting the vulnerable pieces out of people in a group setting versus an individual I find shockingly effective. Hmm. Um, and I think part of that is, is that, you know, I go through an exercise where they look at what their stories are, their, their peak experience is, and their pit experiences. And I have people plot them out, and then I kind of go first, and I guide them to say, you know, um, what we're gonna do right now is go through, you're gonna select off of this timeline a number of your stories, you're gonna share them with a partner. And I make it really clear that um, 
this is not about bringing the skeleton out of the closet. We don't okay. have to go there in order to find the kernels of wisdom. Okay. Nor is it therapy. Yeah. And so we have to be mindful just uh, of what we're putting out on the table, but we're looking mm. for themes and patterns. And, and what I find is, is that when it comes down to it, I'm there to facilitate the end piece of it, but people respond so well to actually being able to share their stories and be heard. Yeah. I think people, there's a lot of talk. There's not a lot of, you know, real great listening sure. out there. So, yeah, yeah so it, it's, I love it because I get to see, and, and then they realize, oh, hey, when it gets down to, okay, what's blocking you? What are, it's, what's the one thing right now that you could do in your business that's in alignment with all of that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, what aren't you doing? And then to hear half of the room say, well, I know that if I did more video and allowed myself to be seen, then suddenly they're not the one sitting at home or in their office bashing their heads against the wall, right. beating themselves up I'm because the they're the one. only one. I'm not the only one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm just like that, too. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah, it's always it's funny. You can always find ways to procrastinate around the thing that you're least comfortable with. 100% <laughs> and and it's my job as the coach to challenge that got it right it's very cool and it's it feels like um it feels like you've got is it more it feels like it's something where it's very like exercise based the the, the one day thing like it is yeah it is and then and then it moves into okay so now that we've designed it these are the in recurring actions that need to happen in order to get these results okay so now, and so when you say actions, can you give me like, not maybe an example or like kind of clarify a little bit about what you mean by an action? Like, is it like you're giving them a task list to do or what, how does that? So they're, they're developing the task list under guidance and, and, you know, sometimes advice. And I'm always very clear when I'm putting the consulting hat on, mm -hmm. um, because you know, who am I to, I want I want what people do in their business to be something that makes them feel good. Yeah. Because I've done it all. Like I've done it all that feels bad, yeah. and it was, you know, I I've spent uh, all kinds of money on Facebook ads in the past. I've I've blogged. I've tried video, and um, and then the first thing that actually had true organic growth was the podcast. Yeah. Much to my surprise. Yeah. The phone started ringing. People started sharing it. Um, you know, the the feedback would come in saying, "Oh my God, your voice! This sounds like at the CBC," which I take as a very high yeah. compliment in that regard. Sure, I haven't and, had that one yet. Yeah, it's a pretty cool <laughs> I one. I don't think I'm going to get it. That's fine. <laughs> but you know, so paint, looking for those things that lend to the strengths. And if anyone had told me, asked me in, in advance what I thought my strength would be, mm. I would have said blogging. Right. I would have said writing because mm. I'm a decent writer, but there's just something that resonates more literally in terms of like the sound, but, but, you know, bring the stories and, and, you know, I'm with the podcast, I'm on a mission to showcase what authentic conscious, um, self-help and growth principles are. That is my soapbox. Got it. And, uh, and so th I think that's why, cause that's right in, in alignment with, you know, putting my, I don't do anything. I don't do anything with my clients in workshop or private that I don't do myself. Right. You know, so the power of that is like, okay, let's experiment with a few things, find yeah. out what works, find out what doesn't, but you don't have to say, Oh, Hey, I'm going to do this for the next five years. And sure. 
wear yourself out on it. Yeah, it's funny. We, yeah, we, we're very similar in that way. Um, I it's I get a lot of great feedback. People that hear a podcast that weren't in the industry, but there was like a marketing idea that they pulled out or just learning more about. And I, it's funny. The reason why I kind of go back to the history, like I like to go, where did you start? Were, were you an entrepreneur before? Because the person that's thinking about doing something who thinks, oh, I had to go to school for it or I had to go down this path or I had to be in the industry for 20 years before I could do anything about it. It's like, no, 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 no. Like people just figure shit out. And then when you find something that you're good at, if you can figure out how to monetize that and help people, then you're in a really good spot. And so that's kind of how I've framed it. Like I didn't make it through school at all. I could, I barely got through high school. I went to half a year of university and they're like, can you leave? I'm like, yeah, I can do that. No problem. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? And I worked weird jobs and started little businesses here and there. And then I stumbled, I stumbled into marketing six years ago and I was like, oh shit, like I know, I get it. And it clicked and I'm like, okay, that's the thing now. Um, but it's funny, it doesn't take that much if you know, if you're good at it, then you just... Well, and I think it's important to like to explore mm. and then experiment. Yeah. Right. And it's and we treat at, there's this whole uh, and I, it might just I don't think it's just me. I know it's lots of people, but we kind of get groomed into thinking that, hey, this has to be perfect. Mm -hmm. You have to make six, you know, six figures in six months or weeks to yeah. be anybody. Right. And, and that's baloney. Yeah. And and. In, a, in that process of exploring and experimenting, you follow what works. And then what I had to learn was to let go of what doesn't. And, and that is probably the more valuable lesson is yeah. like realize when something's not working mm -hmm. and don't be afraid or embarrassed to pack it in. For sure. And don't be afraid to revisit again in the future once mm. you've developed, but it yeah. may never be the thing. Yeah, definitely. I have a lot of those like trying to write not a thing I do. <laughs> I don't even pretend. I'm horrible. I can barely, well, I'm okay at reading, but I have no attention span. So it makes it challenging. I really believe actually that people, especially when they're younger and they can, should do as many different jobs as possible. 100%. I learned, I know so many things that I never want to do and that I hate. Yeah. So many things. A lot of them. And I did them all. And I was like, this is not good. Got to move on. Next thing. This is not good either. I think it, it helped me eliminate the grass is greener thing because I was like, oh, I've been on like, I've been in like 20 things and I know that these ones all suck. So even though this one's like not perfect, I know what the alternative looks like and I don't want to be there. <laughs> so. Oh, I still feel that. And even as a, as a parent, I have a, a stepson who's uh, 24 mm. and he's, he's a musician. He is self-taught, incredibly um, gifted and you know rather than pressure him into being in school what we're watching is a young man explore all these different opportunities pick up all kinds of trade skills yeah. and business skills um and you know when i look when i look back i grew up with the idea that you were going to get one job for life because that's what my parents did right. my mother was a teacher my dad worked for coca-cola yeah and then somewhere between them and me, all of that changed. Yep. And so, and so when I started teaching, you know, that was, that was actually my fallback. I thought I wanted mm. to be a lawyer. I thought I saw myself going to an office every day. Mm. Um, and, it, and 
all I needed was a few summers working in the office at Coca-Cola to teach me like that is exactly what I do not (laughs) want to do. But it's funny that most people have this romantic vision of what that is because it's like, oh, that's the thing that put food on the table and that's the thing that my parents came home from and whatever. But I wish parents were more honest. I wish they were like, no, no, this is like a disaster. I fucking hate my life. I hate being stuck in a thing every day. Like that would have been good to know. Yeah, you know what? As I got older, I realized that my parents actually were being quite honest, and they they yeah. were they were not. You know, they both mm. retired out of what they're doing. Um, one, not my dad, not by choice. Yeah. Um, you know, as as corporations do, mm-hmm. they cleared out middle management, yep. broke his heart, yeah. broke his spirit. Um, but at the end, he had a whole life after that mm-hmm. that was so radically different. Yeah. You know that there was there was value in that experience in the end yeah absolutely hmm. funny it's funny how it's funny how we grow up in a certain way with a perception that's so in like so ingrained and then you're like oh no this is not what i thought no. but I, a lot of people get stuck i know a lot of people that do, are doing things they hate just because they don't know where what else to do yeah else to go yeah engineering is a big one where it's like it was nice to have the title and the this and the that but then it's like just working 12 hours a day every day it's good money but yeah there it, it's funny how many people in the professional field it's just not quite right for them yeah even but. even when i was uh, when i was leaving teaching which you know this was this was 97 like i had no idea what um self-help was or personal development and everybody around me discouraged me you know it was more or less keep being miserable keep right. being depressed Mm. keep being frustrated and it was became very unhealthy for me and by you know I, I don't even know what to call it luck fate circumstance I Something. found the book what color is your parachute in okay. the bookstore and I think they're still putting out annual versions of this mm. and it was all about transferable skills and I mm. and and I worked my way through that book page by page exercise by exercise and I came up with a bunch of skills and was like, oh, well, I think I can sell. Yeah. And <laughs> initially started looking for work as a pharmaceutical rep. Um, and that would have been changing two things at once, right? The, the, the role and the environment. And, and then as things turned out, the first position I took outside of teaching was as a trainer in the new, um, in the new industry and with the, teaching the new thing but all the skills were the same. Yeah. And that actually became a bit of a, an MO for me was, am I changing too much here? And I've done that. Mm. Yeah. And that was one of those things I had to realize and let go. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that, you know, that step-by-step uh, looking at, okay, well, how can I leverage these skills or how can I leverage th- these knowledge, this yeah. knowledge? Who's the uh, author of the book? I'll tag it up in the show notes. Oh gosh. I'm, it's so long ago. Yeah. I'm not going to remember. I apologize. That's okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll Google it. Yeah. What color is your parachute? Yeah. Got it. Shout out to whoever did that. Yeah. No Good job. <laughs> um, and so, so now, um, where, where are you kind of going with the business? What are the current goals? Are you expanding on the one-on-one? Are you expanding the workshop? Are you going online? Are you doing Skype stuff? Like where, where, do, well, where is it going? Where do you want it to go? So... When you're coaching, you find out pretty quickly that there is a lower ceiling on the number of private clients that you can serve as well mm-hmm. than you think. Sure. 
and uh, because it, there's so much energy that goes into each client yeah um and so it's not it's not all that scalable got it nothing wrong with having just a practice with uh with private clients but over the years i've you know i backed out of that and created the the workshop to make it scalable in groups so so that's in place and what i'm what i'm really wanting to do is uh is create a community around the podcast yeah you know and and from the point of view of you know in business and marketing you know there's a there's a funnel there yep. where that community is is and should attract people who would resonate and want to potentially do business yep. with me but also um, in the community um, amongst themselves got it yep so that's that's where looking at how to monetize that um, looking at how to set up systems to make it um, so that I can publish you know more than a couple times a month yep. making it sustainable yep. because the podcast is where I devote my quality time to yeah and to shake things up recently and in the spirit of community building i took a challenge from a friend to do 100 days of facebook live because i hate Jeez. live streaming <laughs> that's so many days it is so many days but yeah. transformation in in so people are like mm. why 100 days right because right. it sounds arbitrary and it's like mm. well you know it's kind of a sexy number yeah it looks sounds daunting because yeah. it is it's got two zeros in it Hello. i mean it does it's pretty <laughs> great hashtags but but what i do know is that if you do something over a period of a hundred days, every single day, something's going to change. Yeah. Right. Yeah, something's no going to transform. No doubt. I don't know what it is. Yep. That's but so, like the results, because I have been plateaued online for some time. Yeah. Which we can talk about would be great. Yeah. Um, but I figure if if that doesn't create some traction online, then I have to look at you know go back and look at all right, what am I not doing? What am I not getting? Yeah. For sure. Okay. And do you, with the podcast, are you doing video or are you, you're just recording right now? I'm just recording. Okay. Have you thought about it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you do in-person interviews for the most part? I, so I use Zoom. Okay. So I use Zoom. And oh, so, so there is... video already. Oh, yeah. I have video. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm getting there. Like I fixed up my office. Yeah. And, uh, and so the background looks a lot better now than it sure. used to. And, and, um, and I think I'm getting there. Yeah. The audio is the more, to me, what makes podcasting intimate is the audio. Yes. Yep. So That's, it's audio first. I agree. I agree. That's the majority. I use this and why we don't address the camera is like it's secondary, but it's content for YouTube. Yeah. And it's Instagram story content and it's more, it's, it's the hack around getting more video. And it doesn't have to be fancy. My couch usually sits right here. It's sitting over there now. This is my living room. Oh, see, I think this is really fancy. It's cool, right? It's, it's just, wonderful. It's just because it's such a wicked space. Yeah. It's not that we did anything cool with it. Yeah. This is sitting on a smaller desk right now. It's not even secure. That's fine. It looks cool from the video. Uh, but you, you, know, you can dress up that one spot to make it look kind of sweet. Um, and, and so I think, yeah, I mean, I think even if it's an afterthought, video has given us the flexibility of content. And what I mean by that is our episodes all go up on YouTube, mm -hmm. which is a great, which is great for SEO to, and just for visibility to bring them back to the audio version. 
I don't, I don't actually focus on getting subscribers on YouTube, mm -hmm. but YouTube is a tool that I use to bring on listeners in general. So in my description, I'll say, you know, we talked with blah, 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 blah. Check them out here. Check me out on social here. Subscribe to the podcast. So I've got all the links in every description so that if someone stumbles on it there, I can bring them into that ecosystem. So that's a good idea just because it gives you a YouTube and B, um, you know, if it's under, you take under 10 minute clips and it goes on Instagram TV which we've been slacking on. We've actually, I've actually got about 70 clips right now because we've been recording and we haven't published a lot yet. I think we, this is our, we've only published eight or nine, but this is episode like 25. Oh, fantastic. And they're about an hour long each. So we get two or three, between three and 10 minute clips. So we have those ready for Instagram TV for shorter YouTube ones that are, you know, just about that topic. So just having more content, that's why I kind of like video. I was listening to your last podcast and, and so one of my limitations right now around the podcast is, is budget, which is why yep. the monetizing is important. Sure. Yeah. But you know, I, and it's getting, cause I, I am, I'm a bit of a geek mm -hmm. and my, everything I'm doing right now, I, I'd say 99.9% .9 of what I'm doing, I'm doing it. Yes. And that is, that's not sustainable. That's not yeah, scalable. Ch challenging. It's really challenging. <laughs> yeah. But I heard you talking about mm -hmm. interns. Yeah. And I was like, why didn't I think of that before? Because there's going to be, you know, now that I've got, um, I always, I actually really do enjoy the hands-on approach mm -hmm. because it helps me to be able to train it, but also to be able to understand the systems in my own business. Cause I think that yeah. is actually a responsibility of every business owner. Yep. Um, can't Absolutely. be a lot of people relinquish that stuff. Yep. Um, but to hand it off in a cost effective manner, that would help somebody i'm i'm keenly interested in that idea because yeah. i'm at that really awkward stage mm -hmm. that ironically um i take other people through and it's like all right how do the framework and the structure of there is absolute labor that needs to be done here yep. and to a quality level that i'm going to be proud of yep so a couple of things you can do there um if you've got a little bit of a budget um you can post jobs freelance jobs on university job boards for free online mm. that's been major for us so we get people at you know who are still getting educated on it but i'll tell you when they have a brand that's a real brand that they're putting work into and they can use that in their portfolio it's huge for them mm. and so you're not paying them premium rates you're paying them smaller amount but the experience and the exposure that they're getting uh, is generally going to be worth it for them. You can also, um, there's also a thing called Gen M. I think I've talked about this on the last couple. It's uh, the guy who started it's based out of Ottawa. I talked to him a little while ago. They do it where if you're looking for, if you're a student or a recent graduate and you're looking to hone your skills somewhere, um, it's an online internship. So you pay the platform $47 a month. Oh. Yeah. And so you have to lock in for three months. So it's basically 150 bucks. And what you do is you interview candidates. So you search them based on the skills that they have, what they want to learn, and also what platforms they know how to use. So Premiere and whatever for video editing, Photoshop and what Canva for, uh, for graphic design, whatever those things are. You interview a bunch of people. Um, and then when they lock in, they're on a, a three-month internship with you. And what they do is they dedicate 10 hours a week at a minimum to whatever. And so we outsource all of our like YouTube cover art. I have them make the audio blip 
So we take the pictures and, and turn them into videos with the audio blips. We use an yes. app for that. Yeah, I Wave. do that too. Yeah. yeah. And so we say, hey, here's a Google Drive full of a bunch of pictures, all the audio, all of this. Listen through it, take out some quotes, cut the audio, make God. it into the Wave thing. I have so much content that I could do yes. that with. So that, I would do that because then, and so what they ask in return is that you spend a period of time every week giving them some mentorship and you're full yeah. of that. So it's yeah. fine. You yeah. got it like, taken care of. So, you know, we talk, the girl that works with us called Wendy, she uh, does graphics and, and that kind of stuff for us. And then we talk about marketing strategy, like stuff that she didn't learn in her program, like hands-on, like, hey, if I'm gonna learn ad platforms, like what the hell should I learn? There's so many things. You know, if I'm gonna be putting out content for this type of audience, where should I be putting it? Stuff that like you can read about it on a blog, but like I've now done it with 200 clients. Like I can tell you firsthand exactly what to do, where and when. And so I think that knowledge for them is worthwhile. I think there's some kind of educational credit piece that they can get mm -hmm. as well, something like that. But um, so we've been with that, we've been doing some, so that intern digitally, um, and then also the student job boards. And you'll get, you'll get anywhere from like, anywhere from like 17 to 25 bucks an hour. And what, what I've done is I say, look, we've done a bunch of these together now and we know how much time it takes. So now let's set in a price per episode. And so, and to me, you, you still have to, you know, it's still money going out, but you can do it for a more reasonable amount instead of bringing it to a recording company or a, a, an agency, right? I'm gonna charge you a hundred bucks an hour if you hire me. Mm -hmm. Because I've got staff and I've got different things. Now you have to do the management yourself, but if you find the right couple of people, uh, super worth it. It's, it's going to be ROI positive because the more you can pump out and the less you have to do of shit you're bad at or takes you a long time, the more podcasts you can do. Well, and I mean, my best, my best mm. skills are skills are being out in front of people, right. not you know, at my computer for sure. as much as I, because, you know, you were saying about the creativity aspect, yeah. it's been so surprising to me. Like photography is my thing. You, I, this may have been before we were recording, but you're mm. saying like, I, I don't, I don't write. I don't do this. Yeah. My, my creative art is photography because yeah. my drawings, uh, they're yeah. horrible. Um, but I love crafting the episode. Mm. That being said, again, it's not sustainable unless, yep. you know, unless it scales ridiculously, but it yeah. doesn't scale ridiculously without all the effort in the systems. Yeah, yep. And so what I would do is I would, um, so what we do is we use, you, you would use Google Drive or Dropbox? Um, both for both. different things, yeah. So we have a, a folder called content sessions and then each episode has a thing. And then there's photos, um, wave files, uh, graphics. So anything that's like stapled to the episode. Um, audio, full video, one minute Instagram clips, Instagram TV slash YouTube clips. And so they all live in folders. And mm -hmm. then I have a checklist of this is how many pictures that we need with quotes on them for each one. So if someone goes through, listens to it, writes down all the quotes on a Word doc, I'll quickly zip through. And say and this say, one, this one, this one. Yep. yep. And then those ones will get turned into graphics where it's like me or some situation and the words like over whatever. Um, and so organizing it that way with a checklist of what needs to be done will help tremendously. Um, the other thing is on your phone, are you iPhone? Yes. Yeah. So go through, uh, other podcasters and other channels and other mediums like that and take screenshots of the ads and of the, the quote posts that you like of theirs 
and then put it into a lookbook thing on a mm. private Pinterest channel or just dump them all into Google Drive or whatever, like inspiration. Yeah. And so they know visually, visually, oh, okay, this is the, because someone who's good at graphic design will see your 20 that you are like, I don't know how close they are. And they'll say, oh, I see it's pattern A, B, and C. And then they know exactly what you want before you even go through that first process. So that'll mm. speed things up, put examples of the stuff that you like. Uh, and just keep filling that bucket because that will make their job faster, mm. less back and forth. Yeah. And it would be fun too. Yeah. Right. I used to see the amount of saved things I have on my phone. I, I save ads, Facebook and Instagram ads. Yep. To see I what I screen grabs all the time. Everything. So yeah. I just have buckets in my, yeah. my uh, photo library. So I know which ads I like, podcast graphics I like. But yeah, having that as a, as a resource for the person that's going to be doing it will make their job fast. Mm. Yeah, so that's a couple of things that we've done. But the Gen M thing's cool. You can get as many as you want. You can go up to, like he said, the average business that engages them has four intern engagements at a time. Mm. So four people. Nice. I, I don't know how you'd manage all that, but uh, it's well, a thing, one it's at a thing a time. that you could do. Yeah, right, like yeah. one at a time. Yeah. Um, and then from the promotion of your podcast, so... How are you doing it now? Is it just kind of going out? Like, where are you distributing it that? Yeah, we'll start there. Where do you distribute it? So I, um, I distribute it across um, the social networks that I'm on. So that mm -hmm. would be Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Okay. And uh, I use a handy tool called CoSchedule, if you're okay. familiar with that. Nope. But, uh, yeah, there's, it's cool because there's there's posting templates in there. So I have a mm. posting template for each episode. So a Got new blog, a, a new blog, a new mm. podcast. Got it. And, uh, and, and that's actually all documented already. Right. Um, what I enjoy about that is that I've become accustomed to, to writing for the template mm -hmm. and I know what's going out over, over that. And, and then it's and then the engagement. And this is the piece that I'm really wanting to work on now is, you know, because I said community building. Well, community is all about engagement. Yeah. It's, and it's not just post and abandon. Yep. And I'm guilty of that <laughs> for sure. Because it comes down, it comes down to time. Yep. Yeah. I'd spend, find a way to spend more time on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then you've got it on, on what, like iTunes, Google, Stitcher. Overcast. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Like where it's signitate. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So just like you found, you've got it in, it's in like a feed version and then it spits it is. out. Yeah. So yeah. it spits out um, to sort of the usual suspects mm. uh, as well as Spotify and TuneIn and yeah. um, Android. And got it. And then what do you do from the promotional side other than posting it on your channels? That's probably where I'm, there's a deficit. Got it. Okay. So what I would say is um, we will often, if, it, if we have an episode about a particular industry, we'll go, to, we'll tag a bunch of businesses in that industry because that's usually a good spark of like, oh, mm. that's relevant to me and that's interesting. Or even if we write long form social posts that are practical for the restaurant industry or the mm -hmm. that or the whatever, we'll tag a bunch of them in the post so that at least gets in front of them. But what we found the most effective is if you find groups on LinkedIn and groups on Facebook, so there's a couple reach out techniques that you got to pay attention to. So some of them have like open ended posting. Some of them are posts you post and the moderator has to approve them. Yeah. Uh, our technique is to always reach the moderator and say, Hey, not looking to spam your group at all. This is in no way promotional. 
it's just something that I think your group will get a lot out of a hundred percent of the time. They're like, cool, do it. But sending that message ahead of time instead of like, Hey, I've got this thing. Do you want to put it up mm-hmm. or not even, or just or trying just to post it? it. Yeah, yeah. I always find the administrators and I'll DM them separately mm-hmm. saying, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, I put this into your funnel. But if you say I'm not selling anything, and it's going to be really helpful. I think your group will get a lot out of it. Here's a blurb. Here's a sentence about what it's about. Yeah. You'll get not only a response rate, but the acceptance rate in is super, super high. And what do you think about doing mm-hmm. that for past episodes? hundred percent. Yeah. Nobody knows that they're in the past. Nobody pays attention. Like uh, even if you had a, even if you had a thousand episodes, if you have an episode that's specific to whatever that thing is, absolutely. They live on forever, mm-hmm. right? So um, the way I would think about that is, yeah. So if you've got an episode that's catered to real estate agents, and maybe you touch on a couple of like roadblocks that a lot of agents face, and you kind of help that person work through it or think through some pieces, that's super valuable to real estate agents. So I would find real estate groups on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and just say, hey, this is an episode of a podcast. It's my recording. It's not promotional. It's just specific to real estate agents, tackles these things. Would love if we could post it, if you'd share it, that'd be amazing. So that, um, I would even reach, I mean, this again, this is the labor thing. So this could yeah. be what the intern style person does. Yeah. Business development, selling, right? So have them email 100 real estate agents or brokerages, sorry, brokerages. We've done that with pieces of content saying, hey, we have this blog and this is super helpful to agents would love for you to share it in your internal channels. Mm. Works. Yeah. Outra- yeah, it's out it's literally outreach. Yeah, that is the the most cost effective that will also bring you clients. Cuz that distribution is very specific and if you're not selling anything in it, they're hearing it, they're understanding what value you're providing mm-hmm. and then they want to know more and they call you. Yeah. That's what we do. Like that's what this is for where I can give you some ideas for marketing and then someone else sees it and they're like, "Oh, I could see how that could be used for my business." I'm not promoting anything. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm just giving you some good ideas. So I think your content would be very similar. So it's just a matter of how can you distribute it more. And I think you can do it with ads. It's effective, but it's costly. Um, I think sending it to people that will get value out of it and just figuring out how to like systematize that. Yes. And my yeah. mind is going all the sort of top episodes yeah. <laughs> where they can go. Yeah, cherry pick Yeah, because people, cherry I mean, them. and this is one of the things mm. that in other things that I've done, I've, I would be hesitant or shy about it, but I'm really proud yeah. of this podcast. For sure. And, uh, and you know, really, they were, and it's coming from a place of service. It's coming, it's coming from a desire to have big conversations that undo things like myths and miscarriages perceptions and mm-hmm. and un, and undoing some of the sort of shame culture that we have around business and, and self-development that yep. so you know so it's interesting to think about it in that way because you know there's there's a gap like I have a virtual assistant who does some of this stuff cool. but her time would be way more um, the return on that would be a lot more effective to have her diving deep into my overflowing inbox mm. and to put some of that repetitive work out yeah. there. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, this is a version of selling for me, just like the podcast is a version of selling for you, right? Somebody hears it and it's practical and you're not being salesy. So they trust you and they want to do business with you. Content marketing. That's all it is. That's I live and breathe it. That's mm-hmm. what I recommend to everybody super strongly. It sounds like you've got 
all the tools there. It's just a distribution problem for you at this stage. Yeah, and that's yeah. actually a really exciting feeling. Mm. Um, may I ask you a question? Of course. So this is, this is one of the challenges that, that I've had and based on some of what you're saying there is, and, and I do think it comes from listening to other sources where it's like harder pitch, harder sell, mm -hmm. that if it's not like, and so I've had some cha internal challenges around, you know, am I putting a strong enough call to action in my podcast? And, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'm seeing now what happens with the podcast is that when somebody comes to it, they, they listen and then they go back and they listen to all say 47 of them. Right. And in my mind, I'm like, oh man, if I'd only put the call to the Patreon community on from day one, they yep. would hear that 47 times. Mm -hmm. And sometime around time 15, they'd be like, I love this thing. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to participate in that. Yep. Sure. So where's the, in your mind, where's the balance between, you know, strong call to actions and then, uh, I'm being sold here. Yeah. Um, whatever from my, so I, I, I talk to a lot of people that are in sales and that are selling and I, from the marketing side, I see a lot of mistakes. I see a lot of, oh no, 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 but this blog con this blog post is like my content marketing. I'm like, no, 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 like you, you're the answer to the problem. You're option six, seven, and eight. So option one, two, three, four, five, your people that you were shouting out or competitors that you were un you know, unbiasedly talking about is bullshit because you're gonna say something about them that leads them to you. So I see a lot of that. And, and when, I think when people wrap their head around, you have to be completely detached from the solution of the content, but that doesn't mean you, can ask, you cannot ask for someone to do business with you. So it sounds to me exactly what you're doing, saying, and then saying, hey, if this is something that you, know, you wanna hear more about or you wanna support it, would love a whatever, but it's not contingent on the content. You're not doing anything where the content goes to 75% like a fucking webinar. Those people that do all these fucking webinars <gasps> where they talk about that. themselves for like 35 minutes and they're oh, like, yeah. oh, cool. Here's two things you can do on the internet. Oh, by the way, buy my coaching. Like, fuck off. Yeah. I hate it. It's everybody. Yeah. So, so the way you're already doing, you're already winning. And putting a call to action of, hey, do you want to help me do more of this by supporting it? Patreon. Hey, do you need coaching this? Mm -hmm. Because none of your content forces that into the funnel you can throw that ask in no problem so that so that's in alignment with earning it right and it's a thousand percent yeah yeah and yeah. i would be and and your voice to it can be hey i don't need you to do this i'm going to keep putting out the content but if it can help you and if you see value in it then do it and if mm -hmm. not and you just enjoy it keep listening subscribe if you want if you don't whatever but and you give them that option and you if you never change the tone of that if you never half a year in when you got them in the email list you're like okay now you got to start paying whatever then you'll always win it's just if people have the expectation of being set up for the sale but if you never deliver that other than saying and if you want it cool mm -hmm. and be very passive be very whatever about it authentic to how you would ask for it in person then you'll never go wrong yeah i liked what you said there about the, that detachment yeah um so that actually goes a long way towards sometimes I record episodes and mm. my guest, this happens rarely, yeah. but I, but you get to a point where you can't vet everybody sure. before they walk in the door or get yeah. on with you. And the guest turns pitchy. Yeah. 
and you're like, ah, I don't even want to put this to my, like, yes, we're going to promote your book. Yes. We're going to, you know, if you have something on offer, it's going to be done, but it needs to be done within the context of the conversation. I wouldn't post it. I don't. Yeah, don't. And then I feel bad. No, don't feel bad. But what you could do to help, what you could, fuck them, what you could do to help circumvent the issue a little bit. I like you. Is, have, <laughs> is having the conversation ahead of time saying, hey, at the end of this, I will, I'll give you a forum to talk about things you want to promote, but I'd like to just talk through a conversation mm-hmm. and be up front and say, I've had people do it and I haven't put the podcast up. Mm-hmm. This is not a threat but I won't put it up yeah. <laughs> and just be upfront and, and just cause people don't necessarily know they're doing it either because if their content, if their book or their whatever happens to be something that's really helpful, they're like, Oh, and they, they hear the unlock that you start talking. You're like, Oh, this is my cue. Cause this book is the help, yeah. but you're saying, no, it's spammy. But they're like, no, I'm trying to help. Cause this book's great. They might not know they're doing it. No, they and- might know they're doing it cause they suck, but they might not know they're doing it. So maybe having well, that and, ahead of it. And they could have been taught that way. To me, I think yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of that out there that's right Absolutely. out of that sort of, as you called it, like the webinar culture people or who, the hard to close People who culture. coach you on how to make a coaching course of how to coach people. So that coaches are coaching coaches and coaching coaches? I don't and know. And nothing if, really changes I don't know in the who's, world? I don't know who's getting anything done, but there's right. a lot of it. So oh, I, I, yeah. you, this is a soapbox of mine. Oh, my God. I'm like, I, yeah. I, I, I have coached a couple of coaches, but, oh man, I want to coach the people who are making the change in the world and, and Mm. no knock to my fellow coaches. Um, but there, it can be very circular. Yeah. And, and that's, and so I think, I think because you don't know part of the vetting could just be, Hey, by the way, I'll give you an open forum to talk about whatever product at the end you can, we'll link you up in our show notes. We'll link all your products up. But while we're talking, we're just having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And then if they know that ahead, it, then they, there's no way that their brain would trigger and they would go into promo mode at that point. Mm-hmm. And even saying, hey, if it doesn't, yeah. I think I've said on occasion mm-hmm. that like, if it doesn't come up organically, I'll do it yeah. in the outro right. when I close out yeah. and, and point people at you. Like, yep. That's what we're there for. Yep. A little yeah. bit of promotion doesn't hurt. But yeah, I think, I think just telling them that it's not appropriate in mm-hmm. the middle. And then that just stunts them in right before they start. Be like, oh, by the way, right at the end, they're like, oh, crap. And then it forces it to be authentic because they had. So here's the thing. When people come on from my experience, they have a plan of what they're going to say. If I know the format of the podcast, I'm like, okay, we're going to talk about here. And then this is the second question. This is whatever. And then, oh, this is going to be my opening to pitch that thing. So drop it on them right the last second, where it's like, oh, we're not going to do promotion at all. And then it forces them to pay attention and talk to you. It mm-hmm. actually starts knocking out the pre, I'm thinking of my answer while you're talking. It's like, okay, well, now I got to really focus on this thing, mm-hmm. which is why you didn't get any show notes. I'm just like, we're just going to talk for an hour. And then you just showed up and then yeah. you had, you, and you had no way to prepare if you were going to promo anyway. So try that on people. Cause then it's very hard for them to then manipulate the conversation into promo. Well, and I'll tell you right. what I do that <laughs> mitigates some yeah. of that as well is I actually read the books right? instead of taking, if it's coming from a publisher and taking the canned Q and a, right. And, uh, and universally after we finish, especially like we, mm. I know when we've dropped the mic yeah. <laughs> and, and I recently circled back around mm. to somebody to say, Hey, you know what? I think we could have done better. Yeah. I feel like that one was our lead up conversation. Would do you mind? Mm. Let's do it again. And she yeah. was like, Oh my gosh, I felt the same way. Yeah. And we created something bigger. Hmm. So, yeah. So I guess, you know, it is really, it's, that's a relationship building in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Having to, having to be 
in the moment like we were as we were both walking in both of our eyes were rolling back in our head because we were both exhausted and i was like no no once the camera goes on we're gonna be good yeah right and like you get into it especially when you don't know where it's gonna go and you don't know what the answers are gonna be or the questions it like forces you to be like on it so yeah good yeah i, th I think that'll help a little bit but yeah the the promo -y stuff i don't like yeah especially when it doesn't fit yeah but but you can come yeah. over to our website and no yeah no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, I think those, those concepts for distribution, one other thing is, do you have a, um, a, like a link in your bio that has like a, an episode page, like a podcast page? Or Are you referring you... when I hear link in bio, my head goes right to Instagram. Right? Yes. Okay. So, and, and just in general Anywhere. on the Facebook page on the Instagram. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so does it pull all the most recent episodes and it has the, the cover art or is it more like a, do you use link tree on both I... your personal one and the yes. other one? I didn't check the other one. I just saw your personal one had Linktree. Yes. There's a, another one called Wave, W-A-V-V-E dot co, I-O, dot co. Okay. And they have a free one. And so what it does, you put in your RSS, similar to with the podcast, and it brings up the album art with a player with your most recent episode, your Mex 3, and then a button to all the different podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, da da da, da a link out to every single one, and then your social oh. handles on it. So that, and that would be, mm. so I have the two accounts on Instagram. Yep. The, the one that's for your inner guru um, is much smaller mm -hmm. and it started out re really as a placeholder yep. for my other, the one that's like Laura Tucker, the leadership coach and yeah. host piece. And, um, but I see that work. It could work really well on both, mm -hmm. but especially on the, the app for your inner guru. Yeah. It, it makes it a little bit easier to share. And it's like a visual, like, oh, I'm listening to a podcast. Oh, now. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Way it's free. I just stumbled across it. But so the only challenge with them, and I talked to the founder, he said that they're working on the paid version with tools because it doesn't have analytics yet, which is kind of a pain, but it, it is what it is. They just don't mm -hmm. have it. <laughs> so but it's a cool yeah and i think it'll make it makes the content easier to share and it gets people into the mindset of like play they can play it right from there mm -hmm. or they can click through to the, all the podcast channels right away and it's more visual because you see the icons of yeah, them it sounds really cool yeah it's really nice yeah i just switched over to it a couple of weeks ago okay yeah probably switch tonight <laughs> yeah for sure it's very easy to set up actually it took like five minutes um, then i will do it tonight yeah. <laughs> um and then have, have you done any ads do you do ads at all for the podcast itself within the podcast or for do you the, mean for extra, the podcast for yeah. the podcast so that so i have been in a bit of a of a not spending money on it mm. mode and i'm ready to come out of it um and you know, I, and this is thank you because some, mm. a lot of what we're talking about is validating sort of what's happening at not at scale. Yeah. And you know, because I had because I went through that throw money at blog posts like crazy stage <laughs> a few years ago. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm more receptive to it now because I'm I trust the content and uh, and I and I feel like it's quite frankly worth investing in again. Yeah. Yeah, and what we've uh, we've been promoting them for a couple of other people's podcasts as well as our own. So we do the Instagram story and the Facebook feed ads, where it's like you pick a picture, mm -hmm. and then you use that way where the audio wave comes yes. in. Yeah, those because then it's like, oh, then cool, and then I swipe up. Now the swipe up and the link click goes to that wave.co podcast landing page. Mm. That's the sweet spot because then they can pick wherever they want to go listen to it, and it's only one step. So the so this mm. is uh, 
so the swipe up though, Instagram story. Yeah. Yes. But the swipe up, don't you have to have like 10,000? Not if it's an ad on a paid ad, you get the automatic swipe up. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it swipes up and then it lands mm. on that podcast landing page, the wave one where it's got the most recent episode yeah. the button out to all of them that converts super high. Yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. from, from all perspectives. Cause yeah. Yeah. Cool. And so, yeah, with the ads, you can do the swipe up as part of it. And then Facebook feeds are going to convert better than LinkedIn feed. I don't know why. I don't know how still. Uh, it just does. I don't know. People are used to getting sold to on Facebook more than mm-hmm. they are on Instagram. And even though podcasts, I don't know. I just I feel strongly about it. And I've done a lot of experimentation. Uh, it's good to try it all. But I just want to clarify. Mm-hmm. You yeah. said you said. Facebook converts higher than LinkedIn or Facebook converts higher than Instagram? Instagram. Ah. From the, if you run an Instagram, like a, an ad on Instagram, that's part of the, it's part in your newsfeed. Yes. Versus the Facebook newsfeed. Got it. I think you'll get better conversion from the Facebook side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just cause people are used to being dragged away on Facebook more so than Instagram. So Instagram is going to get you cheaper views, but less engagements overall. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And I love Instagram because of the whole visual piece. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And then I was mentioning earlier, I started this 100 day live streaming challenge. Yeah. And that's living over at Facebook. Um, and we'll, we'll just see where that goes. But it yeah. occurs to me that when I, um, when I release a podcast, the live stream can be about, mm-hmm. you know, hey, the podcast that came out today features right. such and such. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I think you should also do, this just randomly popped into my head. It's because I'm just in the process of implementing it. I would start an email list around the podcast. A separate one? Mm, where do you already have a business email list for I do, general yeah. content? Yep. Yeah. yeah, I do. I would funnel it into that then. As long as yeah. the content's the same content. Yeah. Um, do you use, what do you use? MailChimp? Or no, I use ConvertKit. Okay, so you can do a lot more with that. Yes. So you the, can, so what I would do is I would have them be assigned a tag if they come in from the podcast thing. And then you can decide what type of other additional content that could come out. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just a great, it's a great medium. Unlike paid, once they're there and they're subscribed to it, it's free conversations over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So either that or like, um, I've seen some companies do it, but I'm finding it difficult. There's like the Facebook chatbot style group where they opt into it and then you can do a, a fa- Facebook message blast to people. I hate those things. I, there's one companies that does it so well that I, I, I read them every day. Really? Like, oh, I just can't wait to get them every day. But um, it's, yeah, it's called uh, Advertisement, but it's M-I-N-T. Okay. I think they're out of the UK. And they do like blog articles every day or they find blog articles from different places every day from you know, just all different marketing stuff. So it's my, my speed my right. type of content. And so it pops up as a Facebook message and it's once a day, but I, it's, I but haven't you unsubscribed. Had, you, so you opted, you opted into in. that. Yeah. And I, I think that where, when I say I hate mm-hmm. that, uh, maybe I'm not speaking too strongly, but what I'm seeing with the Facebook messenger is that it feels like it's not permission-based marketing when suddenly I'm getting these Facebook messenger right. messages. It's just another way. And it's because I'm, I'm in the game, right? But yeah. it's like, oh, here now you just found, like we just created another way for you mm. to get in front of me that right. I didn't opt into. Yeah. 
and I see the Facebook Messenger as this is more private space yeah. than the feeds. Sure, and I, that's why I think a lot of people haven't got into it and haven't got into it successfully. I've opted into all. I opted into every single one because I just want to mm-hmm. see what they're doing. But if email's working for you, then I'd keep it. And it feels like your audience is answering email anyway. No? We'll see. Yeah. I think you know, with with ramping everything up, mm-hmm. then it's then I have to watch at like my the open rate on the email list is really high yeah the click rate is getting higher all the time then you're in a good then just keep doing email funnel it into yeah. one space till you have a team that's doing yeah. it keep it in the same spot but but find a way to funnel your podcast content into that so in your show notes have a link that's like a that opts into it yes that kind of stuff um, ha- everywhere you can put all the means of communication back to where it could be mm-hmm. even in your now if you change it from Linktree then you can't do an email opt-in on that wave one right they should maybe add that in their paid version yeah wave.co Get yeah <laughs> right yeah yeah it would be perfect at the bottom put yeah, it but in I, there I would think about it from like especially if you start mm-hmm. implementing video at some point in the YouTube part hey you want you want that like exclusive content like our, our, you know, nobody opts out because we write awesome stuff. We're not going to spam you. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And get people to opt in through that. Um, like from the YouTube description, you yes. can have them pop in and opt in. And go that. right there. Yeah, I'll look at that. So yeah. we, so we, I do have it going up on a YouTube, but it's like, it is a static image with yeah. the audio. It's uh, okay. So it's not yeah. technically video, right. but it is, there is a presence there. Mm. Um, you could just screen grab the zoom. Like yeah, screen yeah. record the Zoom. Yeah. I would just do that. Yeah. Do it. Okay. Yeah. Check up on me. I need accountability on that. <laughs> I have a ton of resistance around that. <laughs> I get it. But I'll, t- yeah, but I'll, but we've done promotions for people, like even with musicians, we would deal with a lot of hip hop artists and they, we had one where we didn't have a music video yet. So we just did album art and then the song playing on the YouTube. Mm-hmm. It did not go well. It did no. not perform at all. Yeah. So it's the same kind of concept. It's like if I stumble across it on YouTube, it better damn well be video. Yeah. That's the expectation. So don't disappoint. Get on it. <laughs> Hashtag video phone. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think funneling people into the email and writing great content that's a little bit, you know, with a bit of exclusivity and some mm-hmm. extra things. Um, and if you get, if you're, in, if you're open, if your list is growing and your open rate is growing, I don't think you need any advice on the email side. It feels like you've got a good handle on it. There's, there's one piece since I've got mm-hmm. you or, um, yeah. is, so the list, and, and that's one thing I do really love about ConvertKit, and I know there's other apps, applications out there that do the same thing, but mm. being able to tag. So if somebody comes in, say, through, um, through a comfort zone challenge or, or a, a guidebook that I've got, and that is more coachy. And so they go through a welcome sequence. Then people come in through the podcast and they go through a podcast welcome mm-hmm. sequence. So that's all there. Mm-hmm. But then occasionally after earning, 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 earning um, and nurturing and nurturing and nurturing, I do promote a workshop. Right. And so what I've been doing, and I'm not sure it's, uh, my unsubscribes haven't really gone up, mm-hmm. but it's, it's new, yeah. is that I've got the whole list. I would like to be able to email the whole list mm-hmm. But then say, if you, this doesn't interest you, mm. click here and you won't hear anymore. Like it's like that, again, the permission be based and I've seen it, I've mm. emulated it. Yeah. I'm not sure how effective it is or if I should be treating it like a partitioned database. Right. No, I think putting it all together is fine. I think the way that you develop content as is, I think your hesitation of pushing the workshop 
is not actually pushing the workshop in the way you're thinking about it. I think you're thinking about it like, ooh, I don't really want to do it. But if you're delivering everything else and you're not holding anything back and it's all mm -hmm. excellent and then you're saying, hey, if you want to, you can, no hesitation. Don't do it. Just, just you're fine. You're absolutely fine. Now, you could, you could have people say, and I have seen that done before, hey, if you don't, if you don't want to hear about this stuff when I have stuff coming up, you just want this other stuff, you can opt out of those ones. And I think ConvertKit can do that yeah. where it pulls them out of the, the not for promo type people. Mm -hmm. And then, then you don't get them again. So giving them the option is fine. But I don't think giving, I don't think presenting the option as a whole to everybody is a problem at all. Mm -hmm. No, not with, the, not with the style and the way you think about content. It's not a problem. It's not. All right, permission hey, to market, yeah, right? Yeah, you're on the right. You're, you're, yeah, you're good to go. You're good to go. <laughs> so, you know, it's, in, it's interesting because mm. had we been having this conversation two or three years ago, it would be an entirely different conversation. Mm. And it's and just given, given who I am and what I do, I think it would be worth saying to your listeners and, and my community that will listen to this is that you keep at it. Yeah. You know, you're going to fail. I failed. <laughs> I have failed, right? Yeah. But it's part of the process. Yep. And, and so, you know, but you keep on the learning track and you keep on the, I think, what did we say before? Like exploring and experimenting. Yeah. But you got to have good guidance. Like this is, this is excellent. Yeah. Cool. I'm very grateful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate you coming. Yeah. I appreciate you having me. Awesome. I like Thanks. what you're doing here. <laughs> thank you so much. Okay. All right.